Hello and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, uh, the only uh, podcast that cares why England haven't been sued uh, for using the Mighty Ducks proprietary um, <laughs> tactics. Um, you'll no doubt recognise I'm not Cammy Black. Um, Cammy has um, apparently been waylaid with midterm English school holiday nonsense. So, um, and instead, he's let the kids out to play. So, um, I am John Anderson, and joining me tonight, we have, um, well, I guess you're kind of the schoolmaster for tonight, um, Alexander. <laughs> the senior the senior man, I think. Greetings, That's, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'll give you your full Sunday name and everything. All right. Uh, and to add a, a bit of uh, a bit of Glasgow bias to the to the debate, we have we have Ian here. Well, hello everyone. Are we well tonight, gents? I'm good. Yes, and yeah. outnumbered, I would appear. Yeah, I, I'm I'm playing uh, sort of the, the neutral umpire role Ooh. tonight. Yeah, he's the moderator. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how that lasts. We'll see how that <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so um, if you're listening to us, well done. You found us. Um, Again, don't take this as being representative of the rest of the body of work, but um, please head on over to Scottish Rugby Blog um, for all your sort of pro team reviews, uh, national stuff. Sandy, you do a bit of sort of super six there as well. Yeah, I'm trying. It's uh, proven to be difficult because it's all in the wrong days, but there you go. <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't be like the SRU to organise yeah. uh, organize <laughs> like that, eh? Um, you can also find the Scottish Rugby blog on Twitter, on Facebook, on all the other cool platforms that the kids hang out on these days, so I'm not going to list them. Um, right, gents, I don't have jingles. So I'm just going to go straight into it. We're going to we're going to have a bit of news. So uh, first up on the list, um, Ian, you gave the the kind of half exclusive of this, but um, Dave Rennie still still rumoured to be heading down south, down or down down deep south, down to Australia, the, the southest, uh, the uh, southest of south. Yeah, um, and also these uh, well, apparently the All Blacks have got one on the shortlist as well now to replace. Um, Steve Hansen. So yeah, yes, uh, rumor has it that he is he's on the shortlist there uh, for the All Blacks job. So he he might be going even further south and east. <laughs> Could remember my directions there. <laughs> Sandy, I haven't uh, a clue. <laughs> haven't, haven't a clue. Um, I know I was I was looking for you to give us about geography there, Sandy. But no, uh, no, no um, <laughs> se- sensible move for any Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's. I mean, he's going to. It was going to happen sooner or later. Um, I mean, you guys all know better than me. Are we now? Are we now stagnating? Is there a is fresh fresh breath required? Let's save. Let's save that for a. Let's uh, spoiler alert. We'll save that uh, topic for slightly later in the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It certainly. It certainly looks from his answer after the match on uh, at the weekend um, when he, he confirmed, "I will be here till June." That. That uh, that kind of doesn't suggest they'll still be there in July or August. So <laughs> I think it doesn't even suggest they'll still be there in June. To be yeah. honest, <laughs> you're probably right. Um, okay, so yeah, there's pl- plenty of coverage of that over on the blog. So if you want to get your fill of uh, what were you described as, Ian? Uh, 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 some random blogger. Random blogger, eh? Some nice. Random blogger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. but this like it wasn't just me though. It wasn't like the Sunday, uh, the Sydney Morning Herald. It was in the Times. It was everyone. You know, it's they're, they're just random bloggers as well, mate. Uh, a bunch of random bloggers, especially that Stephen Jones. 
Jack, well, Jack, <laughs> Jack, 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 uh, blank that out. Is that? <laughs> is that a swear word, Stephen Jones? We'll get uh, that's it. Twitter are coming down on us for this. Right. Uh, so moving on, that's actually quite a nice wee segue, guys. So the next thing in the news I have for uh, the wider rugby public, the fan friends um, participant in the in the the podcast, uh, Graham Love has found himself in Twitter jail. Um, he got uh, he announced recently he had um, had his account blocked for a number of copyright violations. Um, this it's it follows on the back of obviously there was it's the last time I hosted the podcast actually we had the news around Squidge. So apparently I'm actually the the curse for <laughs> rugby content makers. <laughs> I apologise to you all, um, but yeah, I mean, Ian, pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, another just farcical situation. Um, we're talking about seconds worth of footage here, and you know, like I said at the time when uh, I think Squidge was my hands in the rock when he'd got banned. Yeah. You know, Graham, you know, makes rugby enjoyable for people who maybe aren't uh, sort of you know super fans who are interested in all the the very technical breakdown stuff. He does have some of that as well, but, you know, a lot of it's good fun. Um, you know, the, the thing that he's got banned for when he's put Brian Moore's commentary over the, the Wales South Africa game, I mean, you're talking, that, that video's about 10 seconds, and um, I don't know, you know, like I said that last time, you know, I'm no expert on copyright law, but I think that falls under this sort of parody satire kind of usage, so um, <laughs> I, I would have thought it would be acceptable, um, but it is, I just think it's um, IMG and World Rugby just being really pedantic and damaging, uh, damaging the, the sort of the, the spread of the game. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Sandy, isn't it that um, we've got the biggest opportunity to advertise a game we you know a game we all profess to to love, uh, and we've got an opportunity to advertise it to a whole new audience, and the the, the rights holders seem to be more uh, inclined to kind of clamp down on this it doesn't just doesn't seem right yeah it, um, bizarre is the word that Ian used and you can I mean uh, these guys uh, Graham and Squidge they're, they're actually trying to spread the word rather than do any harm to rugby I mean they, there's no harm being done there there's no harm being done to the the uh, the people who've broadcast these um, matches it's as you as has already been said it's we're only talking about seconds I mean um, particularly in Graham's, because it's mostly, as you say, parody. But um, okay, well, you get any squidges or a wee bit, wee bit more footage. But it's it's done with the intention of enriching what we're seeing rather than uh, detracting from it. Uh, and I think that should be applauded rather than uh, stamped on. That's it's it seems a crazy uh, set of affairs, to be honest. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. So. Um... Again, nicely moving on from um, trying to promote rugby, um, let's move on to, we, we saw this week the launch um, in all its glory of Rugby X. I'm actually doing the cross right now, if you had the video on, just to, to sort of emphasise it. Um, did you guys have a chance to see any of the, the showcase of five-a-side indoor rugby? I, I didn't. I only All I saw was everybody... Going on about how 
annoying it was. <laughs> I was watching Bake Off, so there you go. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, don't tell me who won it. I haven't watched no. it by anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw some clips and um, I saw the internet exploding about it. Um, who would have thought rugby fans could be so, like, passionate about something not being right uh, it's almost like they've been on i don't know a scottish rugby forum or something that um <laughs> yeah um my, my particular highlight though there was a i, I know cami sh- shared a tweet earlier on of i think argentina won the the men's tournament um and watching the players try to get excited about actually winning this tournament <laughs> it was you know it was clear it was like the equivalent of winning a sort of um sort of pro cup um kind of you know war league thing pre-season uh, event it was it was pretty damning but um the the other very interesting um thing they have is sort of well the equivalent of penalty shootouts but it's one on one um so players have to beat their man one on one um and it's it's done in a. It's not done in a, the same way that penalties are done, where you've got an equal number of opportunities to to win the game. It's first to three, and it's almost impossible to stop the person scoring. <laughs> so whenever it went to that tie, it was just like, all right, yeah, so that's three two. The, the team that went first won. It was it was bizarre. Um, there has I think there's been mixed. Um, mixed messages about it, Ian. I, I'd seen. I had actually seen some some comments that were praising it. Right. Um, I don't see the point in it, to be honest. <laughs> um, I really don't. I, like, I watched like one game yesterday. Funnily enough, to go and follow on from the bake-off, I was watching MasterChef Australia uh, when it started. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I watched one game, and then I've watched a couple um, this afternoon. And, I'd, like I said, I just don't see the point. Um, it's... I don't know, it's sort of watered down sevens, glorified touch sort of thing. It's, you know, it's just weird. And what I don't understand, you know, they're trying to speed it up so there's no line-outs. You know, the line-outs are chucked very quickly in by an active substitute um, is what they're named on the team sheet as. Uh, but then they have scrums which take in, you know, more than half the players from a team. And why don't they just restart with a free kick? Like, you know, because it's an uncontested scrum, but it's, you know, it still sort of detracts time and because you've got all those players in. Um, you know, I saw one where Perry Baker just picked the ball up off the back of a scrum, and he, he basically had a one-on-one after that. Um, and he, like you said, you know how those go, uh, especially if it's Perry Baker. <laughs> yeah, you'll be you'll be seeing the the dust trails as he yeah. sails past you. Uh, it 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 does strike me as being another example of where so sevens has obviously been around for you know since since the kind of the beginning of rugby almost and has has evolved into this very popular format. But it does strike me as some people who believe they're quite clever, um, Mr. Ryan, I'm looking at you, mm-hmm. um, getting in a room and sort of going, I know it'll be really good. Let's, like, five asides. That's, that's <laughs> like, it's like sevens, but two less. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I agree with you, Ian, I don't see the point. I don't see the point at all. Yeah. It's like answering a question that nobody's asked. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know what we're going to do. We're going to create a market for yeah. five-a-side rugby. 
No, nobody wants no, that. You're okay, thank you. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, so I've I've got two more news things. First, uh, first one, it's a more uh, a local uh, sort of thing. So, um, you guys will be delighted to hear that uh, Scotland has uh, a new um, representative um, who's going to make his his first start in international rugby this week. Um, oh, I say first start. Sorry, first appearance. Uh, a young, a young gentleman from Bishopton uh, called Rory Salmon has qualified on residency to play for Norway, and he'll be making his debut uh, versus Austria uh, this week. He's played sevens for them uh, already. Um, everyone, obviously, down at Bishopton are are very proud. He is their first uh, fully fledged international rugby player. Um, I didn't know there was international rugby in Norway, but quite I'm quite glad nice. to hear there is, um, and that's that's good. And it was also quite nice looking at the team sheet to see there was a lot of Norwegian names on there, um, and there was a couple who were, let's say, clearly residency um, players. So it's not just Scotland that are doing that. Um, and final piece of news, guys. Um, I know you will all join me in in wallowing. And you know, almost, I'm almost in tears here. The second most famous um, forward slash back hybrid has announced his retirement today. Sam Burgess, him of he plays where he wants, but not as good as Richie Vernon, um, <laughs> has announced he's retiring from rugby league, um, which will mean that I lose about 50% of my online partner, so <laughs> I'm a bit sad about this. Um, yeah, so, but all the, all the best to Big Sam. I think, again, he was um, hung out to dry a wee bit by four years ago. He's, uh, he's had quite the career in league, so, you know, uh, you know, well done to him for that, but uh, obviously Union wasn't quite his game, or they just fast-tracked him, um, and, and he ended up looking like a bit of a well, he got made a scapegoat, um, like you said. I don't. They never ever quite worked out whether he was to be a back or a forward, did they? Until yeah, just uh, like Bath. <laughs> were playing him. Yeah, <laughs> Bath were playing him as a blindside flanker usually, um, and then you know at, at international level he was playing inside centre. So right. it's uh, quite quite a sort of change up there. Yeah, uh, it's almost like you know. I don't know, there's uh, like Richie Vernon, um, you know, just <laughs> plays for the uh, Anyway, so moving on, that, that actually takes us nicely. Talking of King Richie uh, with with um, reverence in our voice, we will move on. So, uh, Sandy, can you give me a number between one and ten? Six. Six, perfect. That's even. That means we'll start with Edinburgh. Um, okay, um, 46-7 versus the Scarlets. Um Duhan van der Merwe showing up yet again. Um, all is all is rosy in the Eastern Front, Sandy. Uh, so it would seem at the moment, and we're uh, it's um, three of three from four. It's not the best start in the last five years, but it's uh, pretty damn close. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, at the moment, it doesn't there doesn't seem to be any um, any flaws in that team as it stands at the moment. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're, they seem to have spread their wings a wee bit, not you know, not entirely, uh, and the defence is every bit as strong as uh, as it's been, at, or certainly was at this point last year as well. So yeah, all good so far. 
Uh, it must be quite frustrating. Here's me playing um, neutral here for a second. Yeah. It must be it must be quite frustrating Ian, to look east and see some of the former um, some of Glasgow's former heroes, some of the title winning team um, tearing it up. Yeah, especially when you consider how things are going over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, Mark Bennett, obviously, he was a. I was very sad to see him go because um, he is a fantastic player. It's just the fitness is an issue. Um, and obviously, you know, we've got a bunch of options at 13. Um, they probably knew that Hugh Jones was coming in. So they're like, oh, Hugh Jones can just replace Mark Bennett. And that's not exactly gone perfectly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's still early days. Um, we're only four rounds in. But uh, <laughs> Warriors' start has been pretty pathetic compared to Edinburgh's. I saw the Edinburgh Scarlets game in Edinburgh. You know, it looked very physical. They were, there were some very nice uh, tries in there. Um, you know, they were they were playing like Glasgow, which is the ultimate compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to take say, it. <laughs> it is quite surprising, actually. Like, I know there had been sort of rumours in pre-season and stuff that Edinburgh were starting starting to look a wee bit more expansive. And I, I you know, in all honesty, I, I sort of foo-fooed a lot of that and said, I, you know, who are you actually playing against? It's fine pre-season with a nice... You know, a nice bit of weather. You can throw the ball about, but uh, yeah, watching them against the Scarlets, there was there was much more of an attacking game plan um, evident. Which, um, yeah, I'm sure. Um, am I right in saying, Sandy, that they opened up the top one of the top tiers at Murrayfield? Yeah, yeah the 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 gold section, which is obviously around about the halfway, was uh, full up. So they opened up. The, the the same section in the, the top tier. I mean, the attendance still wasn't wasn't uh, you know in the right home of it really five I think five one eight five or something. But um, given that it was uh, the, the World Cup was still ongoing, I, I thought that, and I've never seen that happen. Um, you know, eighteen seventy two or European games apart, so it's not to be sniffed at. Um, uh, I mean, there was a. I don't know if it made a difference, but as you probably saw on the TV, there was a section of the ground which usually has some people in it that had scaffolding. I don't think that made any any difference, but um, yeah, there was a it was still quite quiet as you would expect. But you know, five <laughs> five five thousand people in a sixty-five or some seventy-two thousand stadium is just never going to be that noisy. I don't think, even allowing for our natural reserve. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as I, I mentioned at sort of start of that, uh, Van der Merwer, Ian, um, with with Seymour starting to look like he's perhaps heading to the wrong side of the the the, the hill. Um, how quickly can we get this guy qualified? Yeah, big Johnny Bravo is um, certainly a unit, isn't he? Um... <laughs> Yeah, was it, is it summer? I think you said, uh, Sandy, that. Um... Yeah, I, th- I think it was. It would be for the um, summer test or the autumn test. I'm not quite sure which, but certainly not Six Nations, but potentially thereafter um, that he, he should be uh, ready to go. I actually, it was only the other day I realised he's actually 25, so he's not as young as you um, as you, you think he would be. Thank but you. yeah. <laughs> Still, if we can get a few years out of him, oh, I'm I, ha- I mean, happy I, with that. I mean, the guy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's. He, he, he would potentially say he's still, and I think that was really the point. I was with the age. I thought he was younger, and that that some of the development that yeah. needed to be done still wasn't there. You know, perhaps some of the 
handling skills of passing because he's not a great passer of the ball. But but to be honest, if you can ask your wing, you know, to to do what he does, uh, and you know, he always takes two or three to stop him. Um, he always makes ground. He's you know, um, it, 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 I think it's just it's one of these players that drags because they know they're going to have to team team handle him that it. It makes a wee bit of space elsewhere as well, so um, um, and that's a um, that, that's a real bonus, I think. You know, and everybody likes him. He, he's quick and he's big. I mean, he is he is really big, but uh, and you know, those are those are qualities he can't teach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and qualities that sometimes Scottish backlines have been Black, yeah. lacking in. So, yeah. Um, the other the other player jumping out for me, um, the the mighty Scooby Doo himself, Pierre Schumann, continues to impress. Um, he's obviously said, I, th- I believe he's on the road to road to residency as well. I think he's a, he's a wee bit uh, longer, John. I think he's got he's got yeah, the full five the to field. do. Um, but I mean, he's. He certainly seems to be a bit like WPNL in his time. He's in, he's in, he's certainly embracing his time in Scotland and um, uh, and, and enjoying you know being out and about in the countryside and all the rest of it. So he's he's not. He, it certainly doesn't appear to me that he's just somebody who's here as a um, you know this is this will be nice for a couple of years and then I'll move on to a better contract somewhere else. Um, he, he he certainly looks like somebody who's really wanting to integrate into the. Uh, into the local uh, the local scene and, and and hopefully carry on. I mean, to be honest, if the guy's carries on the way he is, it, um, it, it could well get that Springbok uh, call up because I mean I know they're not exactly shy and loose heads with uh, uh, off and oh, I forget the other guy's name who they've been sort of rotating in the World Cup. But you know, he, I think he's as good as they come as as loose heads really do. Uh, he's definitely been a, a good find for Edinburgh, and um, it certainly seems to be, you know, engaging with the fans as well. Yeah. Um, Ian, Ian Wallace, fr- friend of the pod slash forum slash everywhere, uh, Beard of Scottish Rugby has um, had a number of interactions with uh, Pierre, um, including a, Ian has purchased a South Africa top for this weekend, um, which the. I believe the South African contingent at Edinburgh are all signing for him, so that's that's really nice to hear. Yeah, um, sure. So, will we will we will we will we just skip Glasgow, Ian? Yes. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, no. Order, order, order. Right. We'll, we'll do it. Okay. Right. So, um, Glasgow travelled down to uh, the Dragons. Um, perennial sort of bottom bottom two sides in the league. Um, it was. It finished eighteen five. It was eighteen nil at eighty minutes. It was a hateful game of rugby, in yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It was really, really poor um, in all facets. Uh, well, the set piece isn't looking great. Um, it's just, I mean, the simple, the 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 basics of catching and passing the ball seem to have just completely deserted Glasgow. <laughs> and, you know, if you can't catch a rugby ball, then you're going to be in deep trouble. Um, and it was just, you know, again, you had, um, well, I'll maybe get on to them in a later segment, uh, but um, Frisbee and Thompson, they just do not work together at all. Uh, it's, no. you know, they've, between them, they've just been 
dreadful um, this season. Did you see the Glasgow game, Sandy? Yeah, I watched it yesterday, and to be honest, it was, I think right first and foremost it was a dire game, um, and it didn't. You know, it just didn't seem like the Glasgow that everybody watches at all. Um, I think Thompson, as Ian says, really did have a shocker, and you could see his confidence was gone from fairly early on in the game, and it. it um, it was a surprise it even uh, took that long for him to be to get the hook to be honest because he just looked short. Uh, um, yeah, I've, but, I've actually got it written down here as as a serious question for you guys: yeah. Is that the worst professional performance you've ever seen? Mm, um, I don't know. Maybe like Sully's previous one. Um, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not singling the guy out here as uh, saying, you know, I, I, I think there's merit in he has had some good games for Glasgow. Yeah. I think he's a solid professional, but for me, I was watching it and I was like genuinely worried because I could not remember watching an individual performance that was as bad as that. Yeah. I mean, nothing, just nothing went right for him, and and, and then he's just, it just got, it felt like he was, he stopped even trying because nothing was going right. Um, uh, you know, I think the the fact that he had to pass the kicking over to uh, to Frisbee, you know, I mean, that's a, you know, it's just, you know, what standoff doesn't want to do their own thing? I mean, they're all hugely arrogant and big-headed and all the rest <laughs> of it. So, you know. For him to take that dis- or that or that decision to be taken for him just shows you that he just just wasn't you know wasn't firing at all. And you're right, I have seen him play better for Glasgow, but that was it was. I mean, whether it was the worst, I don't know, but it, it was uh, um, it was pretty pretty dire. And I actually got to the point I felt quite sorry for him to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, and and amongst my sort of incandescent range, I was I was there was an element of feeling sorry for him. Um, so. Obviously, we've seen the players, the World Cup uh, squadron, are are coming back into training. And they're going to be drip fed back in. Um, for you, Ian, who do who do Glasgow miss the most from that group? Um, well, at the moment, Hastings. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I mean, there's well, Price or Horn, but obviously Price is going to be out for a bit longer. Um, but yeah, there's just the. Um, like I said, Frisbee and Thompson, they just don't work together well at all. I, mean, I think it was the Cardiff game, Thompson also got hooked early. And Frisbee actually, I think Frisbee might have moved out to 10 and he started playing better. Um, so I don't know if it's just communication issue with them. They, but you would think, you know, they, they they must train together for these circumstances, you know, day after day in the training, on the training pitch. Um, but nah, like Sandy was saying, Thompson's confidence just looks short at the moment. Um, don't know how you, how you can raise him back up by... And saying, right, son, you're going to have to sit on the bench while Adam Hastings comes back in. But, you know, obviously just needs to be a bit of pressure taken off. Um, so I think Hastings should be parachuted in as soon as oh. possible. Or even, even, and I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth, <gasps> Pete Horn. <laughs> as well seeing this podcast is going out at Halloween because... Uh, yeah, the, the demons have spoken. Yeah. Um, right, so, well... Edinburgh are brilliant, Glasgow are honking. Um, let, let's let's finish up. This is obviously kind of the end of the the, the sort of World Cup period. Um, Glas- from from a Glasgow perspective, Ian, who has has anyone 
come forward during the period that has put their hand up and said, you know what, I could I could be part of this because we always always see kind of younger players getting game time at this time. Um, no. Um, and, <laughs> and well, the main the main reason is is that you know this is the thing. It's you know we can talk about all the players that are away from Glasgow, but there's still a lot of experience out there. Um, guys like Ollie Kebble, uh, Callum Gibbons, Matt Fagerson, uh, you know, there was, I think someone said there was 12 internationals that were out on that pitch. Rob Harley, for example. Um, I'll also be getting on to him later. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, Nico Matawalu. So, I mean, these guys were putting in the performances last season when they were called up to the plate. It was really sad to see Adam Ash go off um, after only five minutes because, you know, last season um, I was raving about the, the Ash Gibbons Fagerson combo. Yeah. Um, but no, there's nobody has put their hand up at all. I would say I can't even think of any young guys who've maybe come in like like Fadim Nickel or Darcy Ray. Um, I can't see them dislodging Xander Fagerson, especially you know if results had maybe gone better. You know they can't individually take all the blame for the, the result, but you know I don't think anyone has particularly put their hand up. And obviously, from an Edinburgh perspective, some of the seasoned internationals who are maybe out of favour have have looked good. But any any young talent? Um, I don't know about young, but uh, the one that's really surprised me was Nick Haining, uh, that's come in from uh, Bristol. I, I I had never heard of him, uh, quite frankly. And um, and looking back at his history, it's, there's not a lot of it. Uh, he barely played for. Bristol, and before that, I think he was at um, Jersey Reds. Um, but he's actually been a bit of a revelation. I mean, it, 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 you know, you would think you would really miss the likes of Bill Matt at number eight, but um, I thought he's had a really good start to the season. Perhaps a little out, off the pace last week against Leinster, but then again, he was he wasn't alone in that. Um, and I just wonder whether the, the the kind of level of competition there perhaps caught him out, and he'll he'll learn from that. But I just think he's been a real, uh, a real find. I mean, he's probably too old for it to say about young talent. I think he's twenty nine, but he, he looks as if he's taking his chance. Well, fingers crossed. Um, he's not got the Daryl Marfo syndrome. No, indeed. Um, yeah. um, okay, so having having obviously looked at Brandon Thompson's performance, um, I I was thinking when watching Brandon, I was thinking of like really bad adverts that you see in like newspapers for sale um and i thought of one for brandon thompson but i'm not gonna read that out because i think it's just mean for him to be honest um but what i have asked I've, um for the benefit of the listeners i've obviously i've asked ian and sandy to try and come up with a few sort of for sale ads uh for various players and we're going to try and guess who they are so sandy do you want to give us your first one yeah, I've kind of made them all like as if they were cars that were for sale. So yeah, I think that's um, a common aye, theme. The ones aye, ones I've got aye. are cars as well. So the uh, first one I had was uh, uh, green on its last legs. There's a constant whine from the engine, high mileage, and has had a massive crash recently. <laughs> um, do you, do you want to guess that one? I think I know it. <laughs> shall, shall, shall we say it together? Three, two, one. Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Sexton. I was going John Barkley because he'd thrown up, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. uh, Johnny Sexton. Uh, Johnny. Very good. Very mm. good. Right, Ian, your first one. Um, I feel 
bad about this one now because you said you're not going to. Are you going to get you? So two for one offer on tropical birds have proven unsuited to northern hemisphere climate. Don't play well together, so we'll require separate cages. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Uh, Th- thank you, Ian. Thank yeah. you. Poor frisbee and Thompson. Um, okay, so I'm I'm giving full credit for the ones I'm going to read out to uh, Chris McDougall of the of the Scottish Rugby Forum. Uh, he has a like an un, uncanny knack for this sort of thing. So he, he does that's for sure. <laughs> so first one up, we've got for sale, large industrial unit prone to damage has been exported abroad. Some custom trims now removed. Newer model available in smaller size. I, I think I know that one. I, saw, I actually saw no. these and I thought I've been have you, wor- have you worked them out? Yeah. Um, I, I saw the first two and I think I worked them out and then I deliberately left the third one alone. Um, third one's the toughest. But... Uh, yeah. Um, is it Richie Gray by any chance? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, Sandy? Um, yeah, a, a wee bit more local. So, this is a, a low mileage model used sparingly uh, with a very poor miles per gallon, thirsty, oblique, greedy. Has been garaged for the last eighteen months and only used in dire emergencies. Soft top. Huge <laughs> <laughs> uh, ones. It's a good guess. I think it, I think that is Daryl Marfo. Daryl Marfo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the soft top that. The soft top. Going. I know that was at the bit of the head. Yeah. Uh, Ian, another one from you, mate. Okay, uh, sturdy cruiser with turbo. Low mileage due to frequent repair work, held together with reams of tape. <laughs> this is a local one. So, it'll be a Glasgow back. A former Glasgow back? No, not current. Current? Oh. Yes. Big guy, quite fast. Injured all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. His name that would... Plays on the wing? Plays on the wing. Yeah. Big, big Castle Milk himself. Big Castle Milk's oh, finest, Rory Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll give you, I'll give you the tough one uh, from from Chris here. So we've got small, powerful runner, factory mileage, comes with decorative decal bumper guard, great addition for club, will appreciate quickly in value. Darcy Graham. Uh, I'll 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 give you a clue. It's the the west side. Oh, Nick Greg. Ah, uh, see, you are missing the. the oh. see, this is a really tough one. It's not Stain or Greg. Um, Sanders Ferguson. Uh, no, but you're in the. You're starting to move into the right the right ballpark there. Right? Mm, nah. no. No. The clue here is the decorative decal bumper guard. Um, it is Grant Stewart. Uh, ah, yes. yes. Well, very, very good one there, Chris. Right, I'll take one more from each of you. Sandy? <laughs> the last one, so uh, um, uh, barely runs, so low mileage, um, in and out of the garage, was a quality vehicle when first purchased. Um, uh, extensive repairs done, uh, weekend car only as unreliable. We'll get, I'll get a clue, Scotland wide, or, or Scotland player. Occasionally. <laughs> Barks? John Barkley? No. Nah. No. Duncan Taylor. 
Ah, very good. Mm. Right, and Ian, last one, mate. Right. Is this, so, is this the one that do I need to timestamp this? This, this could be controversial. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this, if, right. So if I have to edit this out, uh, this bit's not going to make any sense. So just, <laughs> just, just go with it. But on we go, Ian. Okay. Lively speedster in white would be rubbish in GTA, as although he has a high top speed, cannot chase hookers. <laughs> oh, um. <I> don't... <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Go on, who is it? Sandy, Go on. You, do you know it, Sandy? No, I, 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 I'm, I, I, it's on the top of my tongue, but I, I'm is it, struggling. Is it Owen Farrell? No, the other one. Oh, no. Johnny May. Yeah, Johnny May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that can stay in. That's all yeah. good. That's all good. Um, yes. Safe. So, safe. Safe. <laughs> Judge rules. It's good. Right, okay, so um, thanks for that, guys. Uh, hopefully that gave you all a laugh. Uh, let us know how you got on at home. Um, we'll move on now to some Where's Doogie Donnelly. Um, we've got one one write-in from um, Cam, who, despite being on half-term, apparently can still uh, look at his DMs and get all sorts of information for us. So um, we've got sent one from uh, Laurie McKinnon, um, who said she met Ali Price looking after Finn he, Russell? He met Ali Price. He? Oh, is that a he? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Laurie, Laurie. Yeah. Got Laurie on Twitter. Ah, that's a girl's name, though. <laughs> well, you can tell him that. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to now. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, Laurie. Um, yeah, no, really. Um, anyway, so I met Ali Price looking after Finn Russell out on Buchanan Street. Uh, was making some groovy shapes in front of a busking guitarist. Finn then asked me to play Highland Cathedral on the bagpipes, which I happen to have with me. Convenient, that's all I'm saying. Uh, which he says always gets him up for matches at Murrayfield. He then slipped me a generous tip for the tune played, last seen heading into Princess Square at around 23.45 on Saturday night past. That is that is full of information. I'm very impressed with that. Worry. With the the the, un, the unknown the unknown lorry, um, so no thanks for that, guys. Uh, you've you you've got some, I believe. I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got I've got one, and uh, I was uh, obviously at the Scarlets game on Saturday, and sitting in my cheap seats on the East Stand, and uh, new Wales forward coach Jonathan Humphreys was looking standing there, looking a bit lost. Um, why he was why he was in the east stand rather than sitting across with the Bufties, I've no idea. But um, <laughs> he, he certainly he looked as if he was looking for someone, and I looked a bit confused because certainly there was nothing for him to see on the pitch that will be of benefit in him his new job. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, that was that was mine, Jonathan Humphreys. Jonathan Humphreys, a man who was widely um, demonised at Glasgow. Um, but yet, since he's left, things have not gone so well in the forwards. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I suppose that's a nice, a nice brief where Stuart Donnelly. That's good. That probably gets us back on, uh, back on track. So I think we'll we'll go on to hands in the rock now, guys. So um, we've had obviously a couple of suggestions in. I've had I've had a couple sent to me, um, but. You know what I'm going to do? Because I don't know what your hands in the ruck is, guys. So I am, in the spirit of professionalism, 
I'm going to let you guys go first, just in case, because then I can edit that out. So, <laughs> um, Ian, what's, your, what's, got your, what's got your hands in the ruck? Right, uh, well, um, I mentioned Rob Harley earlier, or should I say <laughs> Rob Hartley. Um, so Ed, Eddie Butler's got his hands all in my ruck, and it's not just him, actually. <laughs> um, it seems to be, like, I mean, Rob Harley has 212 appearances for Glasgow. He's got over 20 international caps. And Eddie Butler, who is a professional sports commentator, cannot say his name properly. He doesn't know his name. I think that's really unprofessional. Uh, and it's not just him. Martin Williams is always call, calling the Fagerson boys Ferguson. Right. And then, then to compound matters, when I was just double-checking on the... I was like, what was the score again in Dragons-Glasgow? Was it 18-0 or 18-5? Did that count? They've gone and spelt Callum Gibbons' name wrong on the BBC uh, match report. They spelt it G-I-B-B-O-N-S. You know, this is... <laughs> This is this is professional journalism, and you're making basic errors like that. I think that's rubbish. You you will have a bit of a bee in your bonnet regarding that, Ian, mm. given, given that you're now a, a a pro journal yourself. Yeah, yeah, I lowly played pro journal, but yeah, I get paid nonetheless. <laughs> um, no, but I, th- I, just, I do think it's that's like I said, it's disrespectful, and also it's just it's just really bad professionalism, you know. You can see it's not like a difficult name. You know, Eddie Butler has no problem in saying Picamole or Fiku with his little Gallic twists on it. No, so how can, how can he not say Rob Harley? It's pretty easy. Maybe it's the H at the start that confuses him. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, wait, is there any of these letters that aren't in the Welsh alphabet? No, they're all in. <laughs> because there, there are no Ks and no Vs in the Welsh uh, language. Uh, any Welsh words you'll see, it's, if you want a V sound, you use one F. I can think I've of a been few. Educated. <laughs> there you go. Every day's a school day. <laughs> I, I was thinking of K, and I could think of a few words that might have that in that would apply. <laughs> there you are. Um, <laughs> again, sorry, Cam, if you have to edit that out, tough, right? Um, no, I totally agree, and I think it is. Um, it, it kind of reminded me as well of obviously um, Wayne Barnes way back when when we had the blue blue seven gate or whatever it was when he was buddying up with Johnny Johnny Sexton and chums, but hadn't taken the time to learn the Scottish players' names. And I mean that was that was pretty bad at international level. But you know, for all it takes, they have a quick skim through. A, I mean, you know yourself, like if you're covering a game or whatever guys you have the team sheet in front of you it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not it's really difficult to kind of just go hi what's his name again all right oh. rob rob oh. harley copy and paste it over on the you know the bbc one where they spelt gibbons wrong it was, you know, co- copy and paste there you go sorted it's ridiculous he maybe, he maybe thinks it's one of these um one of these um sort of strange vagaries of scottish language that we don't that we say a T, but we don't have it. <laughs> it's like an apostrophe and like all the yeah. island names. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sandy. Yeah, I'd, uh, I had nothing until this afternoon, and I, I was on Twitter and saw that uh, um, Edinburgh had um, were advertising that you could uh, you could be a mascot for uh, match days, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Not that I'm going to be a mascot, but it was interesting anyway. And uh, <laughs> I'm a bit I'm a bit old for that one, but uh, um, I thought oh, let's have a wee look at this and just keep up to speed. 150 quid to be a, a, a mascot at an Edinburgh match now, and this is this is what you get for your 150 quid: a hoodie, 
three match tickets, one of which is for the person who's actually doing the mascot duties, a match programme, which is pretty valuable, uh, a photo with the non-playing members of the squad, (laughs) pitch side Q&A with some Edinburgh players, uh, running out with the team just before kick-off. I think that's pretty much in the description of being a mascot, is it not? (laughs) (laughs) An official photo with the team captain on the pitch. Again, I referred to my previous statement. Uh, and a letter of thanks from the team captain. And then last but not least, an Edinburgh lanyard. Now, I've got about 15 of them. You know, if somebody wants it but doesn't want to spend 150 quid, I can give them one. Trust me. I just thought that's that's pretty harsh. Um, 150 quid. There you go. So that's that's my hands in the rock. Just a bit, just a bit greedy. I think that's that's the key word, really. It is. It does seem like you know we we constantly talk about the cost of following sport, and you know one of the great things um, about rugby is that it continues to have like a degree of accessibility for the fans and the players to kind of interact. But you know, it is starting to cost a lot of money to follow rugby, and obviously, I'm not saying that every. Yeah every parent wants to put their kid forward to be the mascot but you know i remember i remember as as, as a younger kid you know it there was there was always the opportunity to go and do that and it didn't it certainly didn't cost 150 yeah, quid no. um but yeah it seems uh, actually it kind of it links into so martin martin clark uh, sent me uh hands in the rock let's just dig it out um he was having uh, Yelp about two seconds, please, guys. This is totally professional, as you can see. This is because all you nutters in the, the rugby chat just keep talking and talking and talking. Um, yeah, so, aye, quite quite simple. The linkage will come next, but uh, Martin's Hands in the Rock is the fickle fans, particularly in the west side of Scotland, calling for Dave Rennie's head despite the season only being in its infancy. Um, would you would you sympathise greatly with that, Ian? Um, yeah. Um, I, a lot of people do just... I mean, but this is the, the nature of online social media, isn't it? When people just vent their, their ire without thinking. You know, some folk have maybe come up with... If, like I said last week, you know, there's it's almost an opposite of what I said last week, where you know, people are allowed to make criticism, but you know, as long as it doesn't get abusive, um, and also, I mean, a lot of it is just a lack of it shows a lack of support. You know, some people have been talking about over on uh, the forum where Martin has probably seen most of these sort of comments. Um, there are people who've just been saying, "Oh, you know, I want a good product for my money." Um, that's not really supporting your team, I don't think. Uh, if you're just there to see some flashy rugby, um, you know, obviously we want to see that. We pay our money, we want to see good rugby, uh, but it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really fit the definition of support if you're just there because you want to be, you demand to be entertained yeah. by Russell, by Russell Crowe, yeah. <laughs> or by Russell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it does. It strikes me as it seems a bit. It is fickle. Um, when you know you, you have to remember there is whilst there was as you say twelve internationals out there last weekend, it's it's a C C team 
probably at best, and you're you know you're going out and the game at the weekend, the weather wasn't great, so you know there's a lot of variables that come into play. Um, but yeah, some people just have a bit of an unrealistic expectation of what entertainment they should be getting. Which obviously on the east side, uh, Sandy, you guys have got that all sorted, haven't you? Well, for the moment, I'll, uh, I'll, um, I, I mean, I'm not going to. I mean, you t- you're, you're talking about the way it, 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 the fickleness of it, and I mean, the extension of that is, I mean, as you said at the top of the podcast, John, that the dragons are perennial bottom finishers, and yet there was plenty of people out to watch them on. Saturday yeah. and 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 a, as you again as you say as a in a miserable day, it looked horrific. I mean the 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 wind was clearly blowing a hoolie. Um, it was uh, hosing it down. Um, yet they were there, and so by extension, if you only go to watch a team that's winning, why are they, why was anybody there? Because history would suggest, and I, I'll bet that very very few people had a Dragons win for that in their Super Brew um, yeah, uh, team. Uh, selections, so you know, but they turn up, but you know, they turn up to watch their side, whether you, whether whether you like that or not, and I think that's you, you've got to try and there's got to be a balance between wanting them to win and supporting them, even when they don't, and uh, trying to give them your support. I think the important thing was that um, it couldn't, we could well have had somebody who's made a breakthrough in this early part of the season, um, you know, young player. Um, coming through for Glasgow. I mean, the fact there hasn't, that's unfortunate, but you know, you, you might have gone to watch um, them play at home and met, seen a guy that is going to be the next Finn Russell. You know, you exactly. never know. Um, and you've, you've been there from the, 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 the kind of off, and that's always, you know, that's something to be enjoyed rather than, you know, three games. And I, I you know, um, I'll, be, I'll be drummed out of the... Uh, um, the, the thistle sweep, but I think Glasgow will be fine at the end of the season. If they, I'd be hugely surprised if they don't make the uh, if they don't make the playoffs and uh, potentially, you know, um, you know, maybe not win it, but you know, they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, I just, uh, I, as an Edinburgh supporter, obviously, we, I hope we are as well. We've had the better start, but as, as everybody knows all too too well, that we had a good start last year and it uh, ended in ended in tears. Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a really good point sorry. as well. Sorry, Ian. Uh, sorry, yeah, it's just, really... um, oh, sorry, man, on you go. No, I insist, Ian, oh, on really? you go. No, it's just um, when you were mentioning young players who've made, made a breakthrough, actually someone who has played well for Glasgow, um, maybe not the youngest, but he's been injured well, Kyron McDonald. He's actually put his hand up. He's been all right. Um, so I retract my previous statement when I said that none of them were any good. Kyron yeah. McDonald's been, been all right. And Jamie Dolby as well, but... Yeah, I, it was Jamie Dolby that show, I, actually, I, would yeah. have, no. I would have said yeah. has been the, the sort of uh, I think he's he's looked pretty sharp when he's come on. Um, I, I, I was just going to say actually, I think I think your point, Sandy, is really good. That you know you'll remember Ian going along to going along to Scotsdon in international windows and going along to Scotsdon sort of early season, and you do get a chance to see players. You know, I I, I still. I hear people talk a lot about, you know, the first time they've seen Stuart Hogg in the flesh, the first time they've seen Finn Russell. Um, you know, these these players, you you do go along to see the next generation of talent. And it's why, you know, obviously we encourage people to, to go at the programme, but we also say, you know, get along to your 
get along to your clubs, get along to your local clubs, because you know the these these pro players they don't start out playing for Glasgow and Edinburgh, um, and you might you might just get a chance to go and you know meet somebody that goes on to become a hundred cap Scotland veteran. Um, so, but yeah, um, uh, last one, last one to finish us off, and this is a good one because it's kind of got it's got a bit of Edinburgh Glasgow head to head on it. Um, <laughs> I think we've been well behaved tonight, boys. So <laughs> I think we've done okay. Um, so this was um, aforementioned uh, Beard of Scottish Rugby, Ian Wallace, um, who sent his hands in the ruck was the ticket price for the 1872 match this year at Scotston, which is sitting at a pretty pretty whopping £32, which compared to um, the equal tickets for Edinburgh are sitting only at £20. Um, 25 if you buy them on match day, I'm reliably informed. Um, yeah, and the the other thing that jumped out at me for this is, obviously, Glasgow play the Southern Kings uh, this weekend, and the tickets are £32 for that as well. Now, I... I'm sure that there's lots of work goes on behind the scenes to make sure that obviously the pricing structure is correct. Um, obviously, we know there's differences in the Glasgow and Edinburgh structure uh, for pricing. I'm surprised at the 1872 being so different, um, but I would. I'm also quite disturbed actually at 32 pounds to go and see what will still be a probably a reserve Glasgow side play statistically the worst team in the league. Yeah. Is this, I mean, I, I, do we think that that's more to do with demand or, I mean, will there still, will Scotland still be full on the weekend, you know? And well, that's maybe where that comes from. They know, I, that they, they know they can charge it because folk are going to, you know, they're going to turn up anyway. Yeah, well, I think the season tickets will make up the vast majority of the crowd anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, to myself and Ian had a, an experience recently trying to organise. I was I was going to take a, Ian's season ticket to basically to fill fill the space. You know, because I'm very aware of there being gaps in the crowd. You know, I'd, I'd much rather see people use tickets um, and fill the crowd up than a season ticket lying empty. Um, and actually, it was an it was an absolute nightmare to try and get it organised. And Ian, you, you had a, a, a right faff trying to get it sorted, didn't you? Yeah, because I was you know, I was still considering going um, up until sort of Saturday afternoon. Then I realised I just I simply wouldn't have time to, because um, I was covering a Hawks game. And then I, I had to drop the car off back home. So I was like, there's no way I'll get to Scotland on time. Um, so I tried phoning um, the general inquiries number for Glasgow Warriors. It's all on your season ticket. Um, I phoned them and it said, our office hours are blah, 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 Monday to Friday, and we're also open on match days. Um, between half 11 and sort of half past two, I think I phoned about seven or eight times that number. Nobody answered. It just t- t- gave you that recorded message and then hung up on you. Um, so that I then tried phoning the actual ticket office based through in Edinburgh, and nobody answered that either. Um, so if you are trying to you know, uh, give your ticket up, if you know people's circumstances change, um, 
and if you know if somebody can fill that last minute, I'm sure they'd rather have the bum on the seat who can then go and spend money on amenities and what have you. Um, I'm sure they'd rather have that. But if no one's there to take your phone call to arrange no. it, then how, how you might get it done? Yeah, um, no, it's 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 yeah, it's not ideal, but yeah, thirty-two quid for a game against the Kings, you know, one hundred and fifty quid to be a mascot. Um, yeah, the SRU are in a decent financial position, and I, I guess it sounds to me slightly like the prices are going up, and. You know they're maybe cashing in on Scotland's relative success just now. Yeah, uh, I, I mean I, I, to add to that, and I, you know for time I didn't really see too much, but um, eighteen seventy two again the home the home leg this year. I mean well last year the Edinburgh the kids got a season ticket for nothing. That's right. Yeah. So if you you know if you were if you had kids you could get your own season ticket they could come for nothing. So that was stopped for this year. I, you know. Uh, and and I think when they did that, p- potentially fair enough, because there was still a, a, a thought that they might get into the new place before the, the start of the new season. Yeah. It's obviously not going to happen. But uh, 1872, um, season ticket holder, uh, if we want to take kids with us, it's £10 a ticket. If you want to, uh, if you're not a season ticket holder and you just buy a ticket for the 1872 and you want to take your child along with you, it's a pound. That's... So, which That's I don't. I just backwards. I find it quite strange that you know, you've you've given them their, your money at the start of the season, um, uh, and where's the where's the kind of where's the loyalty shown to you for the loyalty that you've shown to the club, um, for you know for, for shelling out for the season ticket for the whole year. And so it seems a bit, um, yeah, back to front for me that one. Well, that's. I think that's been some pretty productive hands in the ruck. So, um, if when the, the SRU slash Glasgow slash Edinburgh folk listen back to this, like you, you have to do, so we're not slagging you too much, guys. Just uh, just fix your whole ticket and thing. It's dead, <laughs> dead easy. Um, get it sorted. Dead dead simple. Um, okay, so we're just about done. Um, I'm noticing on my wee timer here that we're actually just under an hour. So I'm going to I'm going to. Um, have one last wee thing to get us over there because it would be rude not to do a full hour. Um, big game this weekend, guys. Um, and I'm I'm being serious this time. I'm not talking about Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, <laughs> World Cup final. Um, who's who? Who's who's your money on? Ian. <laughs> um, my money would be on England. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go the other way because um, yeah. I don't. I, I, as good as England have been, they can't be that good twice in a row. And I think South Africa are just stifling. Um, and I think they might might manage to. I don't think it's going to be a great game. I don't think that's much a prediction, to be fair. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think South Africa can just squeeze it. Well, I've I've found this World Cup where I was actually I was joking with a guy in my work recently. Um, he's not much of a rugby fan, but he he always asks me, you know, who's your money on this weekend? Who uh, Scotland going to do it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I have literally every time I've spoken to him, I've been wrong. I've I've lost I've, got, I've got the wrong. I, yeah, basically, I th- I think he might be on the streets now because of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's brutal. So. In the spirit of that, I am going to say that I believe England are going to comfortably win 
on Saturday. Uh, I, that's not what I want. <laughs> it's what I believe will happen. Um, and yes, there may be some reverse psychology going on here. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. My head, my head definitely says England will have too much for South Africa, but I agree with you, Sandy. I think it might be one to record and then skip the stoppages. Yeah. Of which there will be many. Hi. <laughs> and the the other question, just to finish up there, if England do win, how will Owen Farrell lift the trophy? <laughs> like grasping it in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a rabid tyrannosaur. Like, yeah, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> Ripping a Galamimus to shreds. I kind of want to go and get the Jurassic Park music to close the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll do us. Um, uh, assuming there's no more for, for any more, guys. Um, uh, one more. Uh, one more? Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know You're what? having uh, fun. Indeed. Well, this thing, I've always associated the uh, Movember charity movement with rugby ever since the Wallabies rocked up to Murrayfield about 10 years ago, all with Mousers. So I'm, I'm trying to bring back Movember. I'm going to do Movember. Excellent. Uh, right, so I'm, I'm going to handlebar it up. Um, and also I'm going to try and... Um, I've been asked to write some articles for the offside line, sort of highlighting positive work that clubs are doing. Um, so if anyone from Premier to National 2 is involved in a club who are also going to do Movember, uh, get in touch, because I'm looking at maybe do some articles about it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try and bring back Movember. Yeah. Who's, who's with me? Uh, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm all tried. in. <laughs> I'm all in. I'll, I'll love it. Actually, for, for quite some time, my, my Twitter profile uh, stated that loves the occasional handlebar moustache. Uh, That's so, exactly what I was going to go with. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I've got, um, there's a few on my Facebook profile. Um, if anyone wants to stalk me, yeah, it's really not that interesting. But there is a few awesome moustaches in there. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I think I think that's a great show. And Indeed. Um, obviously, you know the the work that the Movember charity do for particularly for men's mental health, uh, which is you know kind of front and center in a lot of conversations just now. Um, yeah, it can't it can't be downplayed. And obviously, in previous podcasts, we've shared um, information about the Samaritans, information about um, Mind. You know, if if you are, you know, let's finish off on a serious note. If you are struggling, um, reach out, talk to someone. Yes, there's there's plenty of help out there for you, um, and it should never get to that stage. So um, yeah. I think that seems as, as sensible a place to end as that. So spot on. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, thanks everyone for if you've made it through to this point. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good. Good on yous. Um We will. I don't know when we'll be back because I frankly have no idea. Cami, Cami's the <laughs> boss, and you know, but it's a need to know basis, and I don't really need to know yet. So um, I just want to say th- thanks, guys, for uh, putting up with me hosting for tonight. And uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to host for the second time. And uh, hopefully it will not be the last, but it could well be. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and with that, it's, I guess, good night from me. And good night for the guys. Hey, all. <laughs>